Sepia Bossa Aging is proudly brought to you by Studio 10. Grace Fodder is a pro-age warrior, beauty expert and the founder of Studio 10. She's on a mission to help every woman feel truly beautiful on the inside and out, no matter what their age. The brand's philosophy is to instill confidence, challenge outdated stereotypes and celebrate aging. Its range of quick fixes makes makeup easy and is the only brand formulated for mature skin. The products are enriched with the best skincare and anti-pollution ingredients and are cruelty and paraben free. They're dermatologically tested and vegan friendly. Check Studio 10 out at www.studio10beauty.com and follow on Instagram at Studio 10 Makeup. All listeners will get 20% off if they use the discount code ProAge20. That's P-R-O-A-G-E 20. Thanks. Hi, welcome to How to Be a Boss at Aging. My name's Anniki Somerville. This is episode three, and we're going to be talking all about body image, and it's called Me and My Glorious Body. Basically, as we get into our 40s and 50s, it's often quite common that we feel quite lousy about the way that we look. Um, And a lot of that is down to societal pressure, the fact that we can't really win. Like if we do something, i.e. have injectables or Botox, then we're critiqued. And if we don't do anything, then we're seen as being old hags and tired and lots of other unattractive adjectives and our body image can often take a bit of a knock because we may have had children we may just have put on weight uh, we may be feeling the impact of the perimenopause um, there's all sorts of things or it might just be that we've had a really crappy body image our whole life and then actually coming into our 40s instead of feeling more confident we actually feel less this week I'll be talking to Helen Thorne who is one half of the scummy mummies she's also got a great Instagram account called Helen wears size 18 um, and in it she just uh, showcases herself, really, um, a normal-sized woman wearing lots of nice clothes. So instead of sort of seeing very skinny people or people that are super fit, you can kind of relate to her more, or certainly I can. Um, so we'll be talking about things like how do we feel better about our bodies, uh, what are some of the benefits of ageing, and hopefully it will be a bit inspiring. Um, I'll come back at the end and uh, see how you all are, but do enjoy it and ta-da! I've got an amazing guest on um, our podcast, which is um, going to be all about sort of, well, ageing, body positivity. Um, and I'm talking to Helen Thorne, who is one half of the Scummy Mummies. And if you haven't seen them, I mean, obviously in lockdown, their performances have mainly been on Instagram live and have been fantastic, but they will be going properly live. And I'll let her talk about that too. She also has the Instagram account, Helen Wears Size 18. Um, and that's relatively fresh, but essentially it's just Helen wearing lots of amazing clothes and being inspiring. And I guess just making women who aren't a size 10 feel a hell of a, hell of a lot better about their bodies so uh welcome helen thanks for coming on today hello to you i'm very excited and just just a tiny bit sad that we're not in the same room together i know enjoy your company greatly well it was funny i was thinking the last time that we met was i think you interviewed lisa and i when we were doing the hotbed podcast and we came to ellie's house and i think we drank quite a lot of prosecco um and it feels like it probably wasn't that long ago it was probably god maybe eight months nine months but it feels yes, longer and, than that. Yeah, and you, you, how old was Greta? About five months or something. She you was were very tiny. Still fresh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was feeling so, a little bit comatose, exactly. <laughs> but it was wonderful, and it's been one of our most popular podcasts because it was it was great because we spoke so openly about sex and female pleasure, but not in like a teehee kind of way. Next week it will be the seventh 
anniversary of the podcast. So we've been releasing podcasts every second Tuesday for seven years, which is really exciting. So we do you get annoyed that so many people have a podcast now? Because it's, it, it, it's a bit annoying because you were actually probably <laughs> the first people, you're like the pioneers and now everyone's like, oh, I've got a podcast. And you're like, oh, fuck yeah, off. Yeah, everyone's got a podcast. <laughs> no, it's good. It's, it's, it's interesting because we, we started out when people really didn't know what a podcast was. And I think... I mean, that was to our advantage because we were one of the first parenting podcasts, well, of our kind, I think, because parenting, the way parenting was portrayed before that um, was very, very dull and very sort of um, patronising and it's all like this is what you should do and this is how you should feel and all that sort of stuff. And we were just like, well, this is how... This is how we roll, and 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 it somehow uh, had a connection with to begin with thousands, and now more than that, we've now um, up to nearly four million downloads. I mean, that's amazing because I remember listening to it. I think when I'd had Ray, so when I had my first daughter, and I just found it so liberating. To, I suppose that sort of honesty that you mentioned at the beginning of kind of just saying this is how it really is. It's okay if you're not completely perfect. It's all right if you make mistakes, and I suppose also just a bit of humour because some of that whole sort of NCT stuff it can be a little bit kind of worthy and and bossy like if I meet a new mum now and she tells me and I'm not going to completely slag off NCT because it's not just them but it's just that kind of idea that there's a set way of doing things when it comes to parenting so how have you found because you have done the big 4-0 haven't you so are yes. you, you're in you're still a spring chicken though because I'm now approaching I've come over the other hit, side of the hill and I'm now looking the, the 50 is not that far in the distance it's kind of it's mm. it's calling me and how are you finding life as a kind of being in your 40s I said if we compare it to kind of 30s what are the what are the what are the good things that you've noticed about being older I guess It just it just feels infinitely better like I feel sexier and com- more confident I am less riddled with uh, doubt about who I am because I've been through so much life shit as well and experienced it. I know who my friends are. Um, I know, I was going to say I know how to treat my body, but saying that on Friday night I drank too much and threw up and woke up in the new <laughs> 5 a.m. on top of my doona. I mean, sorry, duvet for the English listeners. Um, it's like, doona. Duna is the Australian. Oh my god! I yeah. thought because I thought you said doula. I was like, are you still hanging yeah. out with your doula? You woke yes. up. You had an yes, affair with your doula. doula. Yeah, <laughs> she was very encouraging, as they all are. <laughs> she just kept telling me to do my pelvic floors. Um, so, um, yeah. So I, I mean, I, I should know better, but gosh, I just. I'm more grateful for every day that comes along as well. I think there's there is a sense of like right as you were saying, you're going over that hill and you're like, well, this is it, baby. I there's know. no spare time. Just really enjoy it, and you know, I laugh louder. I I mean, I enjoy my exercise more. I'm much kinder to myself, and I think, um, and you know, my thirties. I turned thirty two days after I had my first baby. And so what a fucking, you know, ride that was. So I became a mum and my body changed, you know, forever. forever. And, um, And so, yeah, and so I think I was very much riddled with doubt because I was like entering this new phase of my life, a new phase of relationship. Uh, And also I'd only been in the UK two years and so I'm still very much new to a new country and all that sort of stuff. So so in short, I just feel fantastic being 40. My career's taken off um, and, um, yeah, I think there's a real – 
sense of excitement about what's happening next? It can be a difficult time because I guess on the one hand, like when you read, um, you know, magazine profiles and stuff of celebrities and, you know, you open up Red Magazine and they often talk about this confidence, you know, they sort of say, oh, I'm so full of confidence and I say what I want and I do what I want. But then sometimes it's combined with you're kind of juggling an awful lot of, of shit, really. Like you've, you might have a family, you might have that kind of feeling that you don't look the same way that you used to look and you're slightly anxious about that. Maybe your work situation is changing because maybe you've discovered you hate your job and you want to do something else or you're actually just trying to find any job at all because obviously that's another thing that's happening I suppose post lockdown what what are the negative side of things because it's funny because I kept reading articles saying you know I, I love life I'm in my 40s and I couldn't always relate to it because I was like do you know what I'm I'm struggling a bit here with a combination of things and I think maybe I'm a little bit further along so also things like the the perimenopause and the menopause are starting to kick in too have you found like your maybe your relationship with your body has shifted a bit as you've got older that maybe you're feeling a little bit more I don't know worried about what the future's going to hold or noticing that you can't do things that you could do before or actually you're thinking shit no actually I'm enjoying it I'm you know it's fine I I think I think that's very true and because we are going into the unknown like I haven't quite got into perimenopause yet but I know it's coming and I get you know I'm getting things like weird skin tags more Mm. and you know I'm definitely noticing more lines around my eyes and um, weird hair on my lip that's very wiry Mm. Um, and you know all those sort of things but I think I think my resilience has changed I think my uh, perception of what is you know good and bad has changed and so um, I think I'm just really grateful that things move and last year I started training for the London Marathon Mm. and you know I am a big lady I'm over 90 kilos I'm size 18 Uh, And I do not look like a runner. And yet I just went, you know what? Fuck it. I could do like a really hard thing. And it was just literally, and this is such a cliche, putting one foot in front of the other. And, you know, I just before lockdown, I finished the, I did the London Half Marathon on the 1st of March. And I did it under three hours. You know, it's not particularly fast, but I ran the whole way. I didn't walk. I ran the whole way and I, you know, overcame something fairly big. And so I, I think I think setting goals like that um, is really important and having those sort of wins, I think. But, yeah, I think, you know, obviously my boobs are sagging, very much noticing, you know. Mm. Um, it's funny you said about the, um, that sort of stuff. the facial hair thing because my grand, bless her, I mean, she's gone now, but she um, – she did have quite a lot of facial hair um, and, you know, she became less aware of it because obviously the older you get, your eyesight starts going. So actually yeah, you, you, you almost, random. yeah, you almost don't care so much, but it's, I get really yeah. freaked out because I had a few stray hairs on my chin and I started yeah. to pluck them. And then I noticed that they started to grow back more vigorously and actually there was more of them. So that now in a certain light, if I haven't attended to it, it, it is a little go. It's like a little goatee <laughs> under here. Of, of white white hair and I think yeah. that's that again is hormonal it's I, I know it's mm. related to your body and the changes and things that are happening but I think it's just it there's there can be a bit of a sense of like shit you know from now on this is going to be yeah. coming more and more commonplace you know the, the 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 strange weird things happening to your body which you can't really I mean of course you can you can have Botox you can do stuff but 
you can't the, the hair thing well maybe you can actually I suppose you could have it all lasered off or something but it feels like you you're going to be fighting lots of different things on different levels um one way you've got over that is obviously just doing amazing stuff like exercising are you still running now no no so um I I did the half marathon uh, and then a few days later um my marriage broke down oh, and shit. so I Gave up running and got really heavily into smoking and drinking. Uh, so that <laughs> so you're you're embracing that was a hedonism. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and I and I believe from hearing from other women who have had let's just say sudden uh, marriage breakups, um, that is what we do. Mm. Uh, so and also it was it was cold and also I was just you know I was in a, a, a period of shock. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, yeah, so we went into lockdown. And then, yeah, I wasn't very kind to my body, um, I would say, but it was almost just getting through and also just trying at the same time to be there for my two children. So I, you know, I don't smoke in front of the kids. I just, you know, I'd go out and go out with my coat (laughs) in the back of the garden, a garden and have a few fags. It wasn't like I was having fags hanging in my mouth, standing at the kitchen sink. You weren't basically Uh, Keith Richards. You weren't quite Keith Richards level. No, no, no. I was not. And, um, but what actually saved me was I got in touch with a friend who is a, um, a naturopath. And I just said, look, you know, the body, the body's going a bit. I'm feeling a bit rough. And um, and she put me on like what was called like a 21 day plan in which she just had some very simple checklists like do 15 minutes of meditation, drink six glasses of water. So I'd tick that off, um, you know, have some broccoli or this kind of type of vegetable um, and all this sort of thing. And it. I think it was just a little reset. It wasn't impossible. It was like do 20 minutes of exercise, which might was just like walk, go and walk outside. Um, and so I knew mentally that I wasn't great, but also I thought, but, you know, your mental health and your physical health are so... Well, they're completely time. linked together, aren't they? I yeah, mean, that's the so thing. I, yeah, so that's what I thought I would do. And do you know what? That was really good because it was just a tiny bit of kindness for myself and that kind of reset uh, you know, mm. <laughs> just got me off the Chardonnay for a, a couple of weeks. And so, it was, yeah, it was just a really excellent thing to do. I did an episode about um, sobriety last week, actually. I interviewed this um, coach, who uh, Mandy Manners, who, who sort of coaches people on sobriety, or women in particular, because interesting, one of the things she said is that booze is often the sort of main escape route for women. You know, when we hit hard times, we tend to go quite hard on the booze. And actually, she's not being judgy about it, but she's just saying, actually, just make sure it's not the only escape route you know like don't make sure that because over a period of time obviously uh, it becomes problematic in that you just you feel like shit all the time you know even you might feel good when you're drinking but obviously when we get into our 40s the hangovers are bad aren't they I mean you're not you're you're not talking about just and in the old days you could have just laid on the sofa and had a pot noodle and watched Trisha or whatever but you can't (laughs) you can't do that now you know you've got stuff to do Yeah, exactly right. And, you know, now that I'm a single parent, um, I have my children five days a week. um, I'm I'm the everything, you know, there's no there's no one else doing the jobs, you know, so I'm the one cooking, cleaning, making sure they're okay um for those five days and so it's a bit of escape and then on the other two days and then I'm like woohoo drink 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 and then I'm like okay there needs to be some balance <laughs> um so I, I I do I also do Pilates once a week and that is very gentle but it's all about breathing looking after your core looking after your pelvic floor which of course mine went to shit uh after having two 
massive babies. Uh, babies yeah 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 at home i did two home births oh my god through the uh you know the love tunnel and um uh yeah <laughs> so that's a bit lax <laughs> your account obviously you know helen wears size 18 what gave you the idea for that i mean obviously beyond getting loads of free clothes because I, I think when i yeah. i was thinking this is one really good way of getting free gear but on top yeah. of on top of that was it that you didn't see many accounts out there that were sort of showcasing women who were a bigger size and i mean because the thing is that sometimes when i look at the the body positivity accounts on instagram some of them are younger women you know younger women who yeah. are larger you know size mm. whatever size but there don't seem to be a huge amount of accounts where women are in their late 30s or early 40s necessarily so is that part of the reason you sort of did it yeah it was so um the scummy mummies instagram account i think has been running for about five years and a couple of years ago i just put up a couple of things about how i felt about my body and i put up a picture of me in a bikini and um, I just said, look, this is the first time I've wear a bikini in 20 years. I'm a size 18. Look, I've got stretch marks and hair and skin tags and all the things. And, you know, who cares? And I wrote an article about it in the uh, Metro. And I just had a huge response and people just said, thank you. Thank you for writing about my body. I don't sit, get to see my body in that kind of context. And so I thought, do you know what? It's quite, sin- not that why I put is sincere, but it's a, just a slightly different tone to the Scummy Mummies material. And I just thought, actually, it would sit better on a separate account. Um, and look, the more I've done it, and I also did a podcast off the back of it called Fat Lot of Good, in which I interview people about their their bodies and what they think of them. Um, and it's just had the most uh, delicious kind of response. And I get messages every day about women saying, I've worn my swimming costume for the first time in 15 years, thank you, or just your your um, posts give me joy and I'm thinking that's that's a great motivation so I don't I don't really make any money from it but I do yeah I do get a few free clothes and what I like about it is that small independent brands uh, like earring companies and things like that or people who just make things at home will send them to me and then I'll say look you know these are really lovely things and now they might sell out and so it kind of for me to be able to use my platform to support other women who are yeah makers that's brilliant really, yeah is really satisfying. That feels like a really nice um, thing. But also all my followers are really joyful. It's a really joy, it's a really happy place, my Instagram page. It's really nice. And do you get, um, you don't get any trolls and stuff? Because that's, I mean, that would be my fear a bit is that if you, you know, I mean, you have to have quite a thick skin. If someone says something really awful, like, you know, you're a big fat pig or you're disgusting or you hairy shit face or whatever, it's kind of... No, 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 I've I've only had a couple and then I just delete and block. I don't... And then I don't don't think about them them again. Because I think think that's the other thing and what we're talking about ageing is that I'm not going to let, you know, I think back in the day, if I had one bad comment and then a hundred lovely comments, of course I would think about the one bad comment. But now I just delete them and go, oh, they're a bit sad. They're a bit sad. <laughs> I mean, it's funny because those comments can stick with you because I remember when I, was, yes. when I was younger, when I was a teenager, I've always had... Um, quite thick legs you know it doesn't matter what size I am but my legs have always been you know thick big wide legs and I remember that we were at a party someone's parents had gone away and the Beastie Boys were playing in the background and we were all girls and then some guys came in they sort of gate crashed and one of them said in front of everybody he said oh uh, she's got rugby players legs you know they're proper rugby players legs and that 
one comment stuck with me, and this guy was actually he wasn't particularly attractive. He was he looked pretty shit. No, you know, he had terrible just an absolute shit. It was that time when you know when you had hair gel and you just have like little spikes of a lot of hair gel, sort of like so very wet look hair. But I let his opinion of me kind of shape the way I felt about my legs then and then essentially never showed my legs for 40 years, you know, or, or however, 35 years. And even now, actually, I probably wouldn't get in a swimming costume, not just because of him, but that kind of that that one or two shitty comments that people make. And I must have been maybe 14 when he said that to me. But I guess what it illustrates is just how women often just feel we're made to feel really crap about our bodies if we don't conform to a certain size, don't we? I mean, that's yeah, kind of... Yeah, there, there, there was very much a right and wrong body uh, growing up, especially in Australia because everyone was outside and athletic and we were hardly wearing any clothes. And I think those um, values or judgments stick with you and they're very, very hard to unpack um, I just remember like the netball girls, and you always had to wear really short skirts. And I always had big, fat, strong, powerful strong legs. Strong legs, yeah. Strong legs. Um, and I was never going to be that stick thing girl or the ballet. You know, I did ballet and dance and all things creative, but I very much felt like the other, the, the wrong body. And, you know, and I've got an 11 year old daughter, and she came in the other day. It's like, how do I get rid of my tummy? I was like, you, d- you just leave it. It's lovely. Mm, it's you. I know. And, you know, it's just that when eyes start to widen and she starts comparing herself and seeing things on the internet, seeing, you know, her friends are at different stages because she's going into high school now. And that is the hardest bit, that transition where you see some girls get boobs, some girls don't, some get their periods first, all those sort of really mucky, hard things to navigate through those early um, teen years. So I think that really sticks with you and that awkwardness and wanting to cover up and wanting Mm. to hide. Um, See my so best, think, yeah. yeah think, my best friend was Amy, who you know as well. And yes, she, when yeah, I, she lives around the corner. Yeah, so we grew up together, and she was a model. So there was the extra sort of dimension of her being. I mean, she is gloriously beautiful, anyway. But you know, back then yeah. she was like a, a model as well. I guess. I mean, how have you moved then from somebody? Because I quite envy the fact. I think you do have a lot of body confidence, which I think I still, mm. I still lack. Even at my at my age, I would have hoped that by now some of it would have gone away. How have you travelled to that? That place do you think because I've seen you on stage and you're quite happy to just get your you don't get your kit off but you might have like a oh, little I do. I'm, I'm do, pretty much yeah. standing in bra and pants at some point um I think I think comedy has been an absolute superpower in terms of my um transformation in how I feel about myself because my body brings joy my body brings happiness to other women the way I move it the way I feel in it um and that's that's glorious and like going out in catsuit I can't hide anything like I'm literally everyone can see my shape and my size and it doesn't matter like it's quite liberating and I think that has that has transformed it doesn't matter and also Ellie doesn't care she doesn't give any fucks either and having a friend like that that we were sort of a a powerhouse together and and sort of making women feel good about themselves every day through what we produce and how we perform and how we use our bodies has been really yeah it's been really enlightening but Um, you do use those kind of phrases because like um 
you know, there's like affirmations, you know, do you sort of go like, you know, look at me, I'm so, do you a bit of positive self-talk or, or do you just feel like, actually, I don't need to because I'm so in the zone? I suppose because you're, you're, you're performing, aren't you? So you're not necessarily thinking about, oh, does my bum look big or I've got cellulite? You're, you're just in the zone to a certain extent. Yeah, and I think, I think that kind of... And when you're feeling confidence, that kind of obviously, well, you hope that radiates to the audience and then they feel great. And they're like, well, yeah, my body looks a bit like that, but it's okay. And it's not, it's nothing to be ashamed of. It's just, it's just a fucking body, isn't it? Like we're just bits of meat on bones. Um, So I think, I think that's been really good. And obviously I've been inspired by people like Dawn French and and Victoria Wood, Mm. who are just so confident in their skin and they, Oh, I just adored them. And so I think, you know, having those kind of role models has been really, really important to what I do. So I think, yeah, I think comedy's had a great um, impact and also, yeah, doing the social media, the Helen Wears a Size 18, um, because, yeah, I was just sick of going into shops. And I did write an article about this a couple of years ago. A lot of shops finished um, their sizing at size 16 and I felt very much on the outer and that's changing now. You're seeing much more sort of high street brands going up to size 18 but even things like Whistles and uh, uh, Reese only went up to size 16. Well, so I think I Whistles is still the same actually because I was looking at jeans. I mean that's for a lot of, if you have got strong legs, let's not call them big legs, I'm trying to think, yes, a good, good adjective, strong, strong, strong thick legs, um, it's difficult to find jeans that actually flatter you. In fact Amy and I have spent probably 25 years in various changes rooms trying on jeans of different sizes um and whistles i think does go up to a size 16 because i think i mean they still don't go beyond that you know so and it, and that's i mean it's tricky because as you get older as well you might not necessarily want to shop in top shop you might want to try and find something that's a little bit more expensive a bit of better quality and buy less of it you know um so it's it's interesting. You talked a bit about role models because obviously looking forward to sort of your 40s and then beyond into your 50s, one of the things I've felt sometimes is that there's a bit of a, a gap in the, you know, when I talk about getting older, people say, oh, Helen Mirren's amazing and, you know, Dame Judi well, Dench. Margulies is amazing. Yeah, she's but amazing. Yeah, she's not, she's not. And then I'm like, look, I'm not being, you know, and even I was looking at face cream actually and the, all of the stand was just Helen Mirren was all over the place. I love Helen Mirren. I think she's great, but. Yeah, she's amazing. I, I'm not quite at that stage yet so do you have sort of role models that are kind of in there anyone good that comes to mind that's kind of in their 40s and 50s it's maybe not quite in their 70s stroke 80s yeah no do you know what that's a really interesting because I guess I've I've, I've always looked up to people you know like 10 20 years above me in my career because they're, they're the people who kind of inspired me when I was in my 20s to become a comedian and that's kind of stayed I'm trying to think oh people um Oh, like Mel and Sue, I think are amazing. Yeah, they're yeah. just a little bit older than us, and they're not—they're not traditional kind of sexy ladies, but they're amazing. And I think that's really good. But there is a bit of a gap um, in uh, women presenters of our age. They're either sort of Euphoria Cotney, youngery kind of things, or or a bit older. Um, yeah, that's really that's a really interesting question. I mean, I love and people I like Sharon Horgan. Sharon Horgan's obviously amazing, but yeah. Yeah, not quite so many, maybe, you know? Yeah, no, I feel really um, bad. But, like, I mean, I love people like Catherine Ryan, who's our age. She's really inspiring. And I guess all the people I follow on um, uh, on Instagram as well, you sort of curate who, who, you, who you really like. Sarah Millican, I reckon, is one of my most... And she's not that much older than me. She's, she's my size. She gives no fucks. 
Um, and um, yeah, I, I would probably say Sarah Millican is one of my biggest sort of heroes because in her book, her autobiography, How to Be Champion, is excellent. And she talks about body image and how her body is always commented on as a comedian, but her male colleagues aren't like that. Their body doesn't really matter. It's all about their comedy, but about what she wears and how big she is and whether she's married or not seems to be everybody's business. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think she's a, she's a great role model and she doesn't have kids and she's made a decision not to have children as well. So I think, you know, she just stands out as a real positive force. I'm going to, I wanted to um, wrap up Helen now. Um, one of the things I was going to ask you before we go is kind of looking into the kind of your old lady goals. So kind of what kind of older lady, older woman are you going to be? So we're talking about, we're flashing forward into your kind of late seventies or and beyond. Excellent. So what's Helen doing and what she, is she in a, is she in a mobility vehicle? Is she living in Florida? Is she living in a retirement home? Is she living with a lot of cats? Is she living with, is she, is she monogamous or is she living in a, what was it? Polyamorous relationship? Oh gosh. Is she I on mean, an animal I'm... sanctuary? Yeah, I mean, I, I have I have fantasies about like just living in the south of France, getting sort of mildly pickled on rosé, and eating baguettes and cheese, you know, and having having you know a couple of lovely pool boys by my nice villa. That mm. would be my fantasy. I feel it's basically like um, Joan Collins. Joan Collins is. I mean, there's yes, like certain yes. people. Caftans, yeah. cocktails. Slightly younger young, man. Slightly yeah, yeah. younger man, that's right. Yeah, Having yeah. my eyebrows painted on, you know, that sort of yeah. thing. Yeah, wearing I a, think that's wearing it. a roll glasses. Yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. I just I love an outrageous older woman. There is something really delightful and delicious about it. You know, never wears any black, always colour, you know, very, very outrageous shoes and just, you know, probably still smoking a few fags along well, the way. Well, that's what well. I thought because by the time you get to that age, you can really hopefully do whatever you want, you know. And actually yeah. what many of us women have to learn is that let's just try and get to that place now in ourselves, that confidence, mm. because why on earth would you want to wait to 85 to suddenly be saying what you really think and doing what you want? It's true, isn't it? Yeah. But I think that's that's the trick of the patriarchy. The, the patriarchy holds you down for so long, wants you to be the polite mother and then the polite grandmother, and then you get to a certain age, you're like, fuck it, fuck <laughs> I know. it. <laughs> I've only really got the little window of time, though. Um, yeah. Oh, my mum's been so much more bitchy now that she's hit her niche. She's 79. And I was like, wow, where's this lady been all this time? I know. She gives no fucks. It's amazing. And just finally, what should people look out for in terms of next steps for scummy mummies are you are you doing any touring or anything or yeah look you know basically all of lockdown has just been emails going should we delay it until august let's delay that date until september let's do it in december so i think we'll we would definitely be back touring in 2021 but all our dates are on scummymummies.com and um and obviously our podcast you can listen to anywhere and um and helen wears a size 18 is on instagram i think that's about it really perfect all right thanks a lot helen bye thank you love you bye Thanks for listening. I hope you did find Helen inspiring. Um, definitely check out her Instagram account and um, do look at the Scummy Mummies as well. I've had a couple of times where I've gone to see them with friends and it just feels such a, a relief really to see other women talking about parenting and talking about ageing, talking about sexism and basically just 
making lots of laughs so it's quite fun so yeah i hope you enjoyed that we'll be taking a one week break for the summer holidays so there'll be one week and then we'll be back with the next episode which will be episode four and yeah if there's a little bit of homework for this week then how about just getting into a bikini and getting into the paddling pool and just giving zero fucks okay ta-da